Good morning. Before we start the, with the meditation instructions this morning, we were um, thinking to do a just little ceremonial um, renunciation or relinquishment of the phones and devices that we suggested yesterday. But I see quite a lot of people have already dropped off their phones in the basket. So I'm just wondering how many of you who would like to participate in this actually still have your phone or your device on your person? Let's see a few hands. There's some. Okay. So maybe you'd be willing to be the sort of symbolize the the renunciations that have preceded you and just um, come up to the front of the hall and drop off your phone. Have you, are, they, are they in envelopes so that they are identifiable? Okay, do we have... We don't have more envelopes in here. So maybe that's not such a great plan then. Does it have a Actually, unique cover? <laughs> it no. No. If it's allowed, it should be fine. Do you think? Yeah. Because it needs to have a name to go in the in the. What, what's your name? Laurie. Laurie. Yes, so if you want to just um, come up to the front when you, anyone who's left. Thank you all very much. We recognize that this is quite a big ask often. You know, we, we also are um, inhabitants of the technological era and uh, it, can be, it can be a big thing to um, depart from these things for a few days, especially if we've not done it before. So thank you all for your willingness to, to try this. So I've already heard two phones make uh, some sounds. So you already have something waiting for you. <laughs> the, sorry to do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's not a surprise. These things build up. Uh, I'm amazed by the end of a single day if I haven't had the phone close by, how much there is to keep up with. It's endless. In our practice that we are cultivating, it's, you know, it's to live a life. It's to live a life well. And I'd like to speak to you a little bit this morning about the kind of nuts and bolts of meditation, what we're doing. So this word meditation comes from this Pali word bhavana, which... um, 
One way of translating that really means to cultivate, cultivation. We're cultivating the mind, cultivating the heart. And yet oftentimes when we think of meditation, it's something that we're doing, you know, sitting in a certain way, holding the hands in a certain way. I love seeing pictures of little kids meditating and they always put their, I don't know who tells them this, but they always, you know, and they, they sit very proper and where do these, it's like a archetype or something, you know, holding the, the fingers. And yet what gets cultivated, you know, when we think about it is the nature of our own mind, our own heart. What are the qualities that we're living with? Beth was reminding me that one of the things that's spoken about in the Dharma is that the mind arises and passes away in each moment and that there's a legacy that's left behind. So in any given moment, we are doing something with our mind. We might not recognize that, but from the time that we were born, every moment the mind is doing something. It may be distracted or lost, maybe worrying, anxious, maybe loving, feeling compassion, feeling kind. So these are different mind moments that are cultivated. And when we're not looking after the mind, it's really up to the mercy of what it is that happens to be present for us. We don't know how to look after the mind. Analogy that I like to think about in terms of what practice really is, it's just the equivalent of taking care of the body. You know, we have so much emphasis on washing the body or doing yoga, stretching, eating well. So we know the theories about how to take care of the body. And yet, unless we hear about encouragements about the mind, and we say mind, mind, heart, and this is a way of saying these qualities that uh, in Pali, where this tradition comes from, it's these qualities really come together. And the qualities that uh, embody the nature of our own of our own uh, of our own being. So mind includes thoughts, uh, but also includes the heart, the feelings, the emotions. So I don't want to think about the mind as just this intellectual organ. Where was I? <laughs> so we're cultivating. These are. Yes, so washing the body is something that we know that we can do and taking care of the mind is something that we don't often hear about. We don't realize that the mind is always getting impacted and that this legacy of whatever it is that we're cultivating in a moment, it carries on. It has an influence on the next moment. So anger doesn't just flash in the mind for a second and then dissipates. It tends to be there. And if we keep feeding the stories and we keep looking at the thing that's agitating us, the anger gets perpetuated. And then it can take hours for the, that state of mind to diminish. Worry and anxiety, if we have a tendency to think in ways that cause anxiety, so then anxiety becomes something that uh, we experience frequently. So this is the nature, the nature of how we come into this world. 
this universal. So what are we paying attention to when we practice? What are we using to develop ourselves? And in the Dharma, in Buddhism, it's named that there's these six sense objects, six sense doors. And there's the five traditional ones that we all are familiar with, the seeing, sights, hearing, and sounds. Then the sensations in the body, smelling through the nose, tasting. And then the sixth door is the mind door. And this is everything else encompasses really everything that we would say doesn't involve the other senses. So everything that's subjective, internal. And that would be thoughts. It's the nature of the mind to think. The emotions, the mind state includes confusion, doubt, clarity, mindfulness is in the mind. Stability of mind or concentration is also in the mind door. So anything that's happening, we can say is really going to be arising in one of these sense doors. And then the question is, are we using our experience to develop the mind? We've been having sights and sounds and feelings and thoughts from our earliest memories. And yet do we use them to cultivate the mindfulness, remembering what's happening? So just generally speaking, awareness, is this word something that, is it, you have a general understanding of what awareness is? What is it to be aware? And I think oftentimes when we're trying to be aware, we have the sense that we're doing much more than what's required. And awareness is a very natural function. And I'm always amazed that this quality of awareness or mindfulness is all it takes to develop the practice. And yet it isn't a very, um, requires a ton of energy doesn't require penetrating. It's a very natural remembering what's happening. So right now, if you're just sitting here, just noticing something that's happening in your body, let's say, you might just open your eyes for a second to be here in the room. Just noticing some experience in your body might be the pressure of your sitting. Perhaps noticing your hands. So this is moving the attention around. The attention can be in the hands. Now bringing the attention to this fact that you're hearing. Sounds, the sound of my voice. Maybe the ambient sound of the room. Okay, now just notice that you're seeing. So for some of you that have heard this question before, don't answer this, but for those of you that haven't heard this, um, when did you become aware that you were seeing? Are you aware that you're seeing right now? 
And I'm really asking you, are you aware anyone can speak up? When did you become aware? Is there anyone that's aware that they're seeing right now? <laughs> I, I really have, I don't, I don't like talking in groups, but I'm doing this, so if I can do this, you can do this. <laughs> so anyone aware that they're seeing? Yes, when did you become aware? When paying attention. When you paid attention. And when did you, when did you pay attention to it? When you asked the question. When I asked the question. And was that hard? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't hard. Okay. How much energy did it take? A bit of an effort. Feels like a bit of an effort for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something shifted. So maybe putting the attention there. Yeah. Anyone else? So just my notice that the energy, when I mentioned the, the seeing door, are you aware that you're seeing? If the attention goes there, you're noticing that you're seeing. And yet this morning when we opened our eyes from waking up, most likely the momentum of mindfulness was not there. So we didn't notice that we were seeing, right? And yet right now, if I don't say seeing again every five seconds, you'll probably forget that you're seeing. This is the nature of the mind. The amazing thing is that this is true for almost every aspect of our experience. So we can be caught in a mood, feeling lonely, feeling anxious, bored. And yet when we bring our attention there, that's what becomes known. There's a mood and it's being known. What happens there is when we are waking up into the experience of what's actually happening, we're no longer caught in the identification of the experience and there's a sense of aliveness. Here I am, this is what's being known. So one of the views that really supports our practice that enables the mindfulness to function naturally and to be an easy experience is to use the understanding that what we're experiencing is natural. It's nature. We are nature. And yet as human beings, we have gotten so accustomed to seeing every experience through the lens of this is happening to me. These are my feelings, my sight, my sounds, my hearing. And we forget that actually, this is simply nature unfolding. These are natural conditions. So even if you don't want to right now, if your hearing door works, right, you have hearing, hearing happens. If you have some attention there, if you're not completely lost in thoughts right now or asleep, you'll hear this, right? So this is the nature of our experience. When the conditions are there, causes are there, and experience arises. This is true with every sense door. Our emotional realm is like this. Our thoughts are like this. We don't choose so often how to think, what we're thinking, but our habits are there, our feelings, 
that we've felt so many times, the conditions are there for those feelings to arise. The benefit of remembering that what we're experiencing is arising out of the causes, the conditions are there for this emotion to arise, the conditions are there for this thought to be here, the conditions are there for the mind to be distracted or worried or confused, it helps us to relate to it in a way that's much more friendly and open. It's no longer something I need to stop. There's nothing to change. So when we think about this idea of cultivation, what are we cultivating? So we're cultivating a mind that can be present, can wake up and realize this reality of what we're experiencing. As we develop mindfulness, this sense of stability starts to grow. The mind gets more stable. I'm able to be with experience and not having to run away from every, every little blip of unpleasantness, you know, and escape into the next little distraction that takes me away. You know, and that's what we do is rushing around, we forget our own experience and we're constantly no longer inhabiting our own experience because it becomes unpleasant. Can we just hang out in that? What is an unpleasant experience like when we're being mindful of it? And we remember that this is not something going wrong. This is the nature of having a body. There will be unpleasant experiences in the body. There'll be unpleasant emotions. And when we really look and we start to settle into this practice, the real source of our suffering isn't the experience itself. It's our resistance to what's arising. And that as we train the mind to grow in capacity to be with our experience, the range of experiences that we find comfort with grows. We're able to hold more. We're able to sit with more. So even, you know, this whole structure and schedule kind of can feel as if we've set you all up for, it's like a torture chamber. You know, it's like we're having to sit here and it feels like we're in a straitjacket and we can't move. We're depriving you of your phones. Very little social engagement, you know. Not looking at each other and talking to each other, winking and whatever stuff we do. We don't wink these days, but... <laughs> um, you know, the schedule is pretty bare bones. But it's for this encouragement to be able to stay with experience very simply, very naturally, and allowing this ability to be with our own experience to be something that we get comfortable with. And we learn to be intimate with it. And we really start to see the benefit of being present. I can be with this. This may be unpleasant, but now I'm able to be aware that it's unpleasant. Does that make sense? We can be with what's arising. So then our job and our practice, again, isn't this effort. I'd like to just speak for a second about effort. It isn't so much an effort that's exhausting. And it's true in the beginning of a retreat, we need to remind ourselves quite frequently, is the mind aware? Am I aware right now? Am I just rushing to the meditation hall? I used to always find myself 
almost running to get to the hall on time in order to be aware. And I said, that's sort of strange. What's going to happen in the hall that's not happening when I'm rushing? You know, so these reminders, can I be with my experience right now, wherever we are? And the more that we do this, this becomes natural, natural to the mind. So in the beginning, we're needing to remember and remind ourselves quite frequently, am I aware that I'm seeing? Do I remember that hearing is happening? How am I feeling? Am I aware of that? Can I be with this? So the effort becomes something that is a type of effort that allows us to practice all day. It doesn't feel tiring. It's not, it doesn't create stress. It's really relaxing to settle into your own experience in a way that feels like, oh, I can do this continuously. The type of effort that sits there and tries to break through something in sitting is a very brittle type of forcing energy. And we can't sustain that. But the kind of energy that simply recognizes what's happening It's a natural energy that can grow and gets very bright and that stays with us, that momentum of mindfulness. So just some other experiences that we might go through while being here. Um, And just the, the real benefit of reminding ourselves of having the right ideas in practice. So sounds, oftentimes we'll have very strong opinions about sounds. Are sounds good? Are sounds bad? You know, if we're sitting and practicing and trying, trying to have our own experience in a certain way, someone else moving, we might say that that's a bad sound. And then if we're sitting, struggling with experience, feeling like, God, when is this sitting going to end? When are they going to ring the bell? And then you hear the sound of the gong. You think, oh, what a beautiful sound. I love that sound of the gong. So the experience gets conditioned by what ideas are in the mind. So sound can be seen as nature. When the conditions are there, sounds will be heard. Pain is the same way. When we sit still, long enough. For some, it might be just a minute or two. For others, if the body's gotten used to it, it may take a bit longer. But pain is natural to the body. Discomfort. Can we view pain as being something that's natural? It's unpleasant. And it's natural to feel resistance to the unpleasantness. So we're not trying to sit in order to agitate the mind, but we are trying to get interested. Can I be with, the, with this edge of discomfort just enough to discover something that maybe there's capacity to both experience unpleasant and also to be present for it and not just ricochet away from it. Can I be with it just a bit more? And again, not to torture ourselves and to feel that the mind is getting overwhelmed 
can I take care of the mind, balance? And this is something that is integral, very fundamental to the practice. What is the attitude of the mind? Can I be with this experience? And if you're noticing that the mind is getting too agitated, either from the pain or from the emotions that you're experiencing, first look at the reaction and remind yourself, can I be with this? Can I be with this experience? And then if the mind is still very agitated, switch to another object, switch to something that takes, that's easy. So you might shift the body, might pay attention to the sounds, placing your attention on a place that's less agitating until the mindfulness has strength again, that you can bear bear with what's arising. Okay. Let's give this a try. That's probably good enough for now, and then we'll fill it in some more as we go. So again, allowing yourself to get comfortable. And for you, comfortable might, uh, well, it'll be unique. So whatever allows your posture to feel like you can stay there. If, uh, just to say a couple words about posture, you know, one of the ways for the body, if you're sitting on the ground to feel that's well supported is usually if the hips are higher, than the knees, so that there's not too much strain in the groin, or if they're being supported underneath, you can do that. Then generally feeling a good foundation. The posture can feel natural, relaxed, and yet it's providing a bit of attention. So there's alertness. without creating anything in this moment. Noticing perhaps the ease of recognizing something. might be in the mind, how you're feeling, general weather, internal weather. Perhaps grounding in the body. Directly knowing the experience of sitting, of being here.
Each moment is a new moment. Each breath is a new breath. Being interested in the way this moment is. In the beginning of the retreat, it's helpful to remind yourself frequently, is the mind aware? What's easy or obvious? What supports a moment of knowing? If it's helpful, you can use the breath as a place to anchor and ground your attention. might stay mindful of hearing the ease, the continuity of sounds being known.
And our job is to simply notice what's happening. Remembering each time we notice the attention drift away. When the mindfulness dims. What is the nature of this moment? What's being revealed? Sensations in the body, allowing that to support a moment of mindfulness. Whatever is happening is happening because the causes and conditions are there. Maybe the state of mind is sleepy or vague. That's also nature. Though we're not trying to change what's arising, we do take care of the meditating mind. Is the mind aware? Is there a sense of allowing
In a moment you'll hear the sound of the gong. Instead of it being the ending of a sitting, just allowing it to be known also, the continuity of practice continuing. It's rare that we're able to put everything down and commit ourselves so deeply to this practice. And we get a chance here to do this all day. It's precious and so valuable. Thank you for your practice. Mm. There's so much to pay attention to. You might find that or maybe nothing arises and you feel like, oh, there's nothing happening. That hour went by in a blink. Was I asleep? Sometimes we're asleep. You know, the more we kind of really settle in, I remember really doubting, was it, what could I possibly learn from sitting still and watching my own experience without books, without material to study? And yet there is so much to, to know. Our experiences are always changing. And the more we stay with our experience over and over again, the mind can settle. We start to open up to different layers. We start to recognize maybe where the mind's been hooked, caught in a certain cycle or thought pattern or emotional state. And we open to that. We can really be there. And the sense of settleness grows. And let to have Jaya is going to pipe in with a few things about walking. Mm, so you might have noticed that on the, the schedule, schedule, that, um, <laughs> always do that, that uh, walking actually takes up about half of our, our kind of um, timetabled time together. Um, and so in this, in this tradition, in this practice, it's a really um, 
rich and important part of the practice, these, this practice of walking meditation. And it gives us an opportunity to uh, continue to practice this being aware, this um, knowing what we're experiencing as we're experiencing it, as we move and as we go around and uh, do things with our eyes open. Because, of course, this is what we spend the majority of our our waking time doing. And uh, so it, it, it's really... Um, valuable not to get into a state where we think that uh, developing, cultivating this mind is just something that we do at particular times when we sit down on a cushion, as Alexis was talking about, rushing to the meditation hall to become aware again. And, uh, you know, we don't need to do that. If we can develop this uh, easeful um, continuity of practice. It's something that we can take into every facet of our life and, and everything that we're doing. So the walking meditation is a really um, good opportunity to, to keep developing this. And of course, give the body a, um, a change from sitting still, which it often isn't, isn't really used to doing. So as we go out and walk, there are many things that we'll become aware of and uh, our our field of observation is just the same, what's arising at these six sense doors. So there'll be the experience of walking um, in the body and then um, perhaps seeing things, hearing, uh, maybe smells, tastes, and the mind will still be doing its thing. So we can again bring awareness to each of these aspects of experience as, uh, as it arises. And we can use the um, walking as a really um, helpful thing to actually uh, remind us to be present. We can ground the awareness in the movement of the body. There's a lot more happening than when you're sitting on the cushion. So um, the movement can really um, be, a, be a field of uh, a field of resting for our attention. And traditionally, how we do this is that we um, find, a, find a place to walk and we just choose one path, maybe of about 15 or 20 steps, and uh, just walk to and fro between um, these two points. And you can do this inside or outside. I think Elizabeth maybe explained to you where the places for walking inside the building are, did she? Yeah, okay, or outside. And if you're outside, please um, wrap up warmly. There were some frost warnings about this weekend, but it doesn't seem to be quite as cold as I'd I'd thought. But uh, this isn't supposed to be an ascetic practice. You know, you don't get extra marks for walking outside barefoot in the snow or anything like that. Um, So please, uh, you know, again, we can support ease in the mind by uh, taking care of the body and... uh, you know, letting the body be as comfortable and easeful as possible. So, yeah, wrap up if you're going to be outside. So we find a place to walk and then we just walk naturally. And you can see sometimes people like to slow their walking down a bit or maybe maybe it feels better for you to walk, walk more briskly. But just um, walking naturally and choosing a pace that supports you in being present. 
and we're not walking. It's different from our normal walking when we, we're kind of walking often to get somewhere. And this is one of the things that we can really notice and take an interest in the mind, this kind of leaning forward, I, I need to get somewhere. Oh, that's what's happening just now. And here we're just walking, walking to be walking, walking to be present. And one of the benefits of, of just choosing a path and turning around and coming back is that when we stop at the end of the path, it's a, it's a moment where we can really collect ourselves and remember, oh yeah, I had this intention to be present, to notice what's happening. And whatever's arising, none of it is a problem. As Alexis said, it's all, it's all nature. So maybe we could just actually all stand together for a moment or two and get a flavour of this and just noticing, you know, the experience of standing up. just seeing what is the mind aware of now as you as you the body comes into standing might be the weight of your body through the feet and the softness of the mat or the hardness of the floor depending on what you're standing on pressure through the soles of the feet sensations in the legs arms Maybe the movement of your breath. Maybe hearing as well, the sounds inside the room, outside the room. And seeing. And you might see what it's like if you slowly start to transfer further weight from one foot to another, maybe swaying a little from side to side and just saying, oh, what am I aware of now as the the weight transfers from one foot to another. So many micro sensations in the body that often we just kind of don't look, we overlook. And then you might even want to let one foot come off the floor and take one step forward if you've got space in front of you. You notice maybe the peeling of the foot off the floor, the landing on the floor coming into the weight and then replacing the other foot and finding the stability again. So just observing what's happening, whatever's happening in an easeful, relaxed way. And this includes all the things that are going on in the other senses. And we can notice when the mind is liking experiences, disliking experiences, thinking, oh, maybe I should go and walk over there. um, And if you notice that uh, you've become very scattered, then just grounding ourselves again, inviting, inviting again this question, okay, what am I noticing right now? Letting the body, the movement of the body walking be at home. So we can sit down again for a moment or two. really encouraging you to enjoy and make use of these periods of walking 
rather than seeing them as a, a kind of break from the sitting, sitting practice. Yeah. So we really want to uh, use this, as Alexa said, this precious opportunity to develop a, a momentum of mindfulness and that um, this is something that can be quite easeful. You know, if, we, if we find it's becoming tiring and stressful, then just checking actually what, what's the mind um, trying to make happen here. Because we don't need to make anything happen. We can just uh, observe with interest what's happening. So maybe just one announcement before we go off to walk. Um, there may be others about groups. Okay. Got time for Okay. Or should we do questions first or announcements? Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have any questions we've got a few extra minutes that we can take any questions about what's been said so far good question so the question is is there going to be a bell to call you back into the hall or do you have to be back at a certain time and i think there's a there's a bell. So you don't need to be checking, checking your watches or monitoring the time throughout the day. There'll be bells to call. So when you hear the bell, you can come back here at the end of the walking. And the walking period, this one is um, about 45 minutes. Okay. And any questions about the instructions, what we're offering so far, anything that's you want clarification around the walking? Everything clear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have a question about when you were talking about its nature. Mm hmm. Yeah, so the question about being that the sort of dual thing that seems to be happening that it's, um, we're saying it's nature and yet obviously it's personal in the sense that it's what we're knowing, it's our own experience. And yeah, it sort of can feel a bit, uh, a little shaky in the beginning of really understanding what does, how do I actually look at my own experience in a way that allows me to see it the way it is? And one way of saying what Dhamma, this translation of Dharma, Dhamma, is the nature of things, the way things have come to be. And we are using what arises in our own, our own, you know, experience to support awareness, our, our development of wisdom, our stability of mind. So what presents itself personally, in the sense that it becomes what is revealed through our own mindfulness, I'm not going to be able to know what you're knowing emotionally. I might be able to guess, but I can't experience it. The same way you can't experience what it is that I am feeling. You might notice it, you know, if I'm calm or agitated. So we're using what arises in our own experience as a support for mindfulness. And the view that really helps us to see it for what it is, is to see that it's arising because causes are there. The conditions are there. 
when there's light and objects and we have the working sight, seeing happens. Hearing the same way. Every aspect of our experience, when we look more closely, we see, yes, this is actually arising because some conditions are there. The emotions, sensations in the body. So we can say, yes, this is a natural process. And our job isn't And we can't, if we could, we would do this, but it isn't to stop this natural process because it is nature, it is impersonal. It's simply happening. And we can use it as a development of mindfulness and a development of understanding. So our instructions, you know, in in the Dharma is, is really not to try and make yourself anything. You know, get rid of something, hold on to something, because life, as it presents itself, to us, it'll show us it's not in our control. We age against our will. Things happen against our choice. And we can incline the mind towards developing that which is supportive. So we can do that. There's things that we can do. We can take care. Am I watching and am I observing to grow mindfulness, to grow wisdom? Or am I simply growing those tendencies of mind and heart that confuse the mind get me further away from wisdom and actually understanding what's happening. So there's both the way things are and we're using what arises in our experience as the very things that we're paying attention to in order to to discover the way things are. Does that make sense? Yeah, great question. So, yeah, we... Sorry? Repeat the question. Okay, so the, the, the question is about, um, you know, when, when memories come up and, you know, when we sit still, of course, you know, the mind just doesn't stop because the body's sitting still and memories will come up, pleasant memories will come up, unpleasant memories will come up. So we, we notice that the mind is, is thinking and then what do, we, what do we do in relation to that? Do we need to somehow try to stop all that and keep coming back to the body. So uh, this is, as Alexis was saying, we see that the mind is actually one of the sense doors. And just as sights arise and uh, we can know that we're seeing and sights are arising, so thoughts and memories arise and we can know that this this is what's happening right now. This memory is arising. Oh, and it's a pleasant memory. But actually we don't want to lose contact with the fact that this is arising now because what can happen is that we can go off down memory lane and then be lost in a in a daydream about this 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 particular thing or that particular thing so so this is the the awareness is to know that thinking is happening and we don't stop thinking no more than we can stop sounds arising in the environment we we don't stop thoughts arising in the mind 
It's like, how am, I, how am I relating to what's arising in the mind? Is there awareness that this is what's happening? Yeah. Does that make some sense? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's a, the thoughts are the most, the most um, hooky things because they, you know, they, they arise so subtly and it's, it can take a long time for us to realize that actually we've, we've, we've kind of hopped on the train with them. So when we do that, we just become aware, oh yeah, that's what's happening now. So not to make a problem of anything that's arising. But um, it's, yeah, the, it's, it's a really common idea that we, we think that meditation is about emptying the mind. It's just about knowing what's happening. Just to add, just some, when, you know, in, in the beginning when our mindfulness is still, is still weak, the seduction of thoughts, it's just, as Jaya was saying, it pulls us right in. It's like watching a movie, going into a movie theater. Within seconds, we're absorbed into the movie and we forget we're in a theater when mindfulness is stronger, it's continuous in that way that you remember where you are and that you're watching a movie. And that's what thoughts are, like a movie in the mind. So we just say in the beginning, it can be helpful to notice that the mind is remembering, thinking, and then just in the beginning to support the continuity of mindfulness might be helpful to come back into something tangible, like the body or the sounds that are clearly happening in this moment. Thoughts have content that feel like they're in the past, they're happening now, but it's, you know, it has a sense of being able to transport us way back. Um, So anything that helps us to really remember and wake up again to what's happening. So in the beginning when the mindfulness is a bit weaker, notice the thinking's happening, and then move to an object that supports the mindfulness to continue. As the mindfulness gets better, you'll find that there's times you're bright and aware, and you're able to see that some thought is happening, and you're just noticing it, and then seeing the impact of the thought on the emotions, and then those emotions make the body feel a certain way, and then the body feeling a certain way kicks thoughts in. So you're seeing the cause and effect process of these things. You get very interested in that whole nature. So we'll, uh, are, you, are you okay to sit with your question for a little while? Okay. <laughs> Because we will actually be, we'll be meeting, um, there'll be an opportunity for all of you, each of you to meet with one of the three of us in a small group over the next uh, couple of days. Uh, And we can um, take questions and things in there. That's an opportunity to have, you know, questions and answers and a little more um, direct contact. And then there'll be other opportunities also to ask questions in the hall. Um, and these groups will start uh, after lunch today. The first group will be at 2.15 and you'll all be seen either today or tomorrow. So maybe for, at lunchtime you could check the board and just see. And I'm not sure whether all tomorrow's groups will get posted today or not. But um, just if you're not on a group that's posted today, just trust that you'll be seen tomorrow. And if you don't see your name at all when the groups go up tomorrow, then please, of course, um, let us know. Um, any other announcements no okay so we we have our time for walking now and you can really use these also these times of transitioning from being in the hall to being out of the hall or going into the to the dining room again as an opportunity to um, be aware what's going on so all these moments 
um, from when you first noticed the intention forming to stand, to stand up, to shifting on your cushion and standing and then walking out through the, through the walking room there to the cloakroom and getting your shoes, getting your coat, uh, putting things on, maybe waiting for, waiting for the traffic jam of people to disperse and so on. Just all these, um, the, so many movements of the mind and heart and body happen in these times and we have the space, nothing else to do but just to be aware of this and to see what you discover. So I wish you a happy walking period and we'll come back here when the bell rings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.